0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 650 for the 17th of Elul in a regular year. So, today we're going to begin a discussion of a topic which we had mentioned here and there previously in the Tanya, namely the idea of anthropomorphizing God, how we refer to God sometimes in human terms. So, many of you may have are familiar with this idea that we talk sometimes about God's anger, this comes up in the Bible, or God's hand, God's finger. Um, God's face. Sometimes we talk about that kind of stuff as well. And a simple understanding of this, as we've mentioned before, is that it's not that God actually has these features god forbid you know like we god's not a person like like we're a person but rather we we say these things because this is the only thing that we're able to understand it's to make it easier on the human ear to be able to understand it it's something that we can relate to because god is so lofty god is so beyond our comprehension that using this human terminology is a way for us to understand him so while that's true, and while that is definitely a very good way of looking at this idea and understanding these things, in today, we're going to be beginning an epistle that touches upon the subject in a kind of deeper manner. So what is this deeper manner? The deeper manner is that, in fact, there's something much more profound going on. We You may have heard the idea that man was created in the image of God, and so what does that mean exactly? We're kind of going to understand that. So we've spoken about how when we look at the story of creation and we see how God created the entire world through his speech. So we, again, spoken about this previously in the Tanya. So we see that God created everything in the world through speech. He said, he said, let there be light. There was light. He said that there, let there be a firmament," and there was a firmament. And there's one exception when it comes to the creation of man. We actually see that rather than creating man through speech alone, God actually creates man through um, through his breath, where he breathes his soul into him. And we've spoken about how this breath is actually something very intimate, and it's something a lot more intimate and a lot more personal than just pure speech alone, and how it's coming from the depth of who God really is. What this translates into in a manifest way, and this is going to be the topic of today's episode, is that if we want to come to an understanding of God... Then one way to go about doing that is by looking at ourselves, by looking at man, by studying the makeup of who we are. And this can actually give, give us a glimpse into who God is. Not to, again, make the mistake and think that God is a person, but rather there are certain things, certain features that we have that are a mirror to God, and that can help us understand God. If we want to be really technical about this, this is where the idea of the spheros come in, the spheres. Uh, we spoke about the spheros before. The spheres are like these uh, these tools, kind of these vessels, sometimes referred to vessels, sometimes referred to as lights. It depends on the context, and they are the tools that, that God uses to manifest himself into reality, into, um, and to be able to, to to give himself some kind of attribute. Sometimes the spheres are actually literally mapped out onto like an image of a human body because they have a human correspondence in, in terms of different parts of the body and where they're located. That Again, not to say that God actually, God forbid, has a body, but it can help us in understanding through looking at the body and through looking at the orientation of which sphere corresponds and, and is associated with which part of the body can give us a sense of what each sphere is all about so let's get into the text and see how the ultra Rebbe explains this so this is the beginning of epistle 15 so epistle 15 the altar begins and he says that we're going to try to understand the allegory and the metaphor of the sages about the idea of the spheros meaning to say that it's known throughout the land that from the mouths of heaven of of heavenly people heavenly souls who have enabled us to bring it closer to our mind to be able to understand a little bit more this phrase that we see in this citation from Eov, chapter 19 verse 26 where it says from my flesh shall i behold god okay so what does that mean so from my flesh there's this this verse that says from my flesh i shall behold god how do you behold god from your flesh (laughs) like you look at your hands you look at the insides of my microscope or whatever and you see god like what does that mean so uh the sages of blessed memory they taught says the altar abed that we can actually come to understand a little bit of godliness from a person's soul that is vested in the flesh of of a person according to that which the sages taught and this is uh based on a pasuk in Tehillim chapter 103 verse 1 so give praise my Lord and actually if you look at the rest of the pasuk which the ultra but doesn't quote here but I'm going to quote it where it says which literally means my soul bless the Lord and all my innards his holy name so again it's a reference to this innards to like a person's flesh blessing God so what is this a reference to? Now the altar brings a teaching from the Gemara in Masachat Barachas page 10a where it says, uh, just as the Holy One, blessed be he, permeate the world, so too does the soul permeate the body. So the Gemara basically is teaching that there's some kind of parallel between how it is that God permeates the, the, the universe in a way that we can look at it in the way in a manner through which the soul permeates a body and we can understand this through a teaching of the zohar based on a pasuk in brashis chapter 2 verse 7 where it says that and he blew into his nostrils a soul of life so again so this is what we spoke about in the introduction that hashem created man through blowing life into him. And then the Zohar teaches on that, that the fact that he blew, anytime somebody blows this this uh, breath, this exhale, this is coming from the innards of a person. So now to bring the point home, the Ultra Abba says that even a soul that comes from the world of Asiya, which is like this lower world, the way that this soul comes about is through a very high union. It comes about through this union of Zer'anpin and Nokfa of Asiya. So these are very sound very abstract kabbalistic concepts but just to break it down Zeranpin anpin is the masculine attributes it's the six midos the six attributes the six emotive attributes and nukva is malchus it's the feminine attribute and so it's and these attributes of asiya they are what cause the the unification of this masculine these masculine attributes with the feminine attribute bring about this soul these souls of asiya as well as also what else causes the production of these souls is where we actually where we have the, the, the mind of, these, of the world of Asiya, which is the aspect of the Chaya and the Neshama of the Zer Anpin and the Nukva. So, again, a little abstract, but basically, so the Zer Anpin is what we can think of as the masculine emotions and the nukva is what we can think of as the feminine emotions or really it's just one it's that malchus and these emotions have a corresponding minds that comes with them which is referred to as the chaya and the neshama that's the the intellectual faculties of each one of these emotive attributes and so then when we think about this more deeply, again, getting a little bit more Kabbalistic here today, is that these aspects of, so we're still in this world of ASEA, all of this lofty stuff that we're talking about is still within the world of ASEA, which is this, the lowest of all the worlds. Uh, but when we talk about this fact that the lowest of all these worlds, the world of ASEA has within it, these aspects of the, of, of the Zer'anpin of ASEA and the Nukva of Asiya and the Zeranpin and the Nukva of each have a Chaya and a Shama to it. Stay with me. So what are these Chaya and a Shama, which are also called the intellect of the Zeranpin and the Nukva of These are referred to as the external vessels of the Zeranpin and the Nukva of Atsilus which is actual godliness so it might be helpful to take notes here and like maybe draw out a map but i'll try to like explain this to the best of my ability so again this might require a little bit of review, but there's four basic worlds. The highest of all worlds is Attilus. Atsilis is the one that is really—it's—it's it's not even really a world. It's called the world of emanation, where there's no separation between its contents and God. It's totally just very permeable, and it's there's everything just manifests God in a totally clear way. And then the lowest of all the worlds is the world of Asiya which is really the most dense of all the worlds it hides god to the highest degree and everything like that however there's a connection between these two worlds and that's what the altar is bringing home and he's saying that this when we get into the depth of the world of Asiya, this lowest world and we get into like the inner aspect of this world of Asiya, which is ultimately the, the Zer'anpin and the and the nukva, which ultimately has a mind to it as well which is the Chaya and Neshama of that so when we get into the inner inner aspect of this world of Asiya, that's actually the outer aspect of the world of Atzillus so there's a connection there that's kind of like where the bridge happens to the world of Atzilis, and when we talk talk about the world of Attilus, we know that that's pure godliness and from that place of the world of Attilus, of those vessels even though they're external vessels of the world of Attilus, from there radiates, radiates the, the infinite light of God which is uh, which is hidden within the Chokhmah of Attilus. this the high level of Chokhmah which is the first intellectual attribute of Attilus, because we know that God and his garments are one and Attilus. right so again so it's like if we're saying that like in like basically, it's like if if we say logically that the the uh, the neshama and the chaya of the world of Asiya is really another way of saying the external vessels of Atzilus, and we know that Atzilus external internal, it's all God. It all manifests God in a clear and un inhibited way then that really is saying that it is true godliness so this is why so to, to bring it back down to earth the ultra concludes this idea here and he says that this is what we can see even in the soul of a person then the the infinite light of god is v- vested and is hidden uh, with his, with the chokma, with it, with the light of the chokhmah inside of it, it's, it's vested within a person to vivify the person, and through this, a person can come to understand a little bit about these supernal spheres, because they all manifest within his soul which is which which his soul is comprised of so i know it was kind of like very abstract today but just to kind of bring it all together um the basic idea and we're going to be getting into this a little bit more is that when we look at a person it's not so simple when we would just say like, oh, man was created in the image of God or, you know, we talk about God in these human terminologies and everything like that. It's not just words. What we're actually saying basically is that we contain an actual godliness within ourselves and that even though when we look at the different attributes that we're made up of, like these, these different spheres and things like that, they are not manifestly God. If we go back enough to the source of what they are, they're coming from this place of Atzillus, which is true ultimate godliness, which means that we contain ourselves actual godliness that's uninhib- uninhibited and pure. So that's it for today. I know a little bit abstract today, um, but we will continue along these lines tomorrow. So stick with it and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Taught podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana.